Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Uh, today, we're so, so honored to have, I consider Kim Hotchkiss a general in the church. Uh, how many years have you been ministering in Honduras, Kim? One dozen, 12 years uh, in, in Trujillo, Honduras. She's going to share what God's been doing and what he's going to do. But I asked the Lord, Kim, what was on his heart for you. And I felt like uh, he, put, he put it in my heart that you are one of those. You have, you have lived your life by setting your face like a flint on the Lord and on what God would have you to do in, in your life. You set your face like a flint. And that's actually Isaiah 50, verse 7, talking about when Jesus knew he was going it, to... It's actually Isaiah is prophesying as if it's, it's talking, it's the, it's the Spirit of the Lord. So he's in first person, it's Jesus saying, I set my face like a flint to go to the cross on behalf of humanity. And, I, and as you've set your face on the Lord, I saw the Lord, his response, it was his countenance, was filled with joy and moved by you setting your face on him, that his, his countenance back to you was one of great joy and great honor. He honors you for your sake. And so I just, I, I believe that, 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 you move his heart by your steadfast setting your face like a flint. Let's welcome Kim Hodgkiss as she comes to share. Amen. It is uh, my privilege and honor to be here today. I feel, uh, I feel the love. It's, uh, it's a real blessing to be here, and uh, there's big hearts deep in the heart of Texas. I first met Frank and Norma uh, on a visit we were both having to Costa Rica. We happened to be staying in the same bed and breakfast, and we became fast friends. It turns out that Frank had um, done some flood, uh, hurricane ministry cleanup in the very town that I was serving in. He had done that years before, and so that was an instant connection, and the, God, the Lord has just knit our, our hearts together, and uh, Frank and Norman invited me to come to San Marcos when they were living there, and I, I met Pastor Glenn and Suzanne, and you all have sort of adopted me as one of your missionaries, and it is a great honor and a blessing to be here with you today to share some of the good things God has been doing in Honduras and to inspire you to keep on in the good fight because the Lord is moving. He's working. He's establishing his ways in the hearts of the next generation of young women in Honduras where I serve. Thank you for your part in it. And uh, thanks to Liam, who's, who's going to be running the uh, PowerPoint. 
This is um, a ministry I've been involved with for a dozen years now. I went down as a volunteer English teacher, and after one year, our founder announced that she was retiring, and I became the new director. So it was a sink or swim kind of situation. I hadn't actually even ever prayed aloud in Spanish before. I had to go for formal training. I had only studied on my own. And so it was a trial by fire, but uh, the Lord continues to, to purify. He continues to bless and anoint and uh, teach us in his ways. It is uh, a blessing to work with young women in Honduras. We can go to the next slide, please, Liam. Honduras is uh, next to Next to Guatemala, it borders on El Salvador. It was a blessing for me to meet Lydia today and Esther. And uh, Lydia is from our neighboring country, Salvador. And also uh, Honduras borders on Nicaragua. So it's right, right there in the middle. I'm serving right on the coast of the Caribbean. And Pastor Glenn and Frank and Norma had... Uh, gave us the privilege of visiting us in 2017. They were at one of our graduations, and so we're waiting for next time for Suzanne to join you. Uh, it was, um, Honduras is a country of great natural beauty. We are right on the Caribbean Sea, but it is also a place of great need, great economic needs, great social needs, great spiritual needs, and It's the second poorest country in all of South and Central America, second only to Haiti. Uh, uh, more than 50% of the people live below the level of poverty, and I believe I, I read it was some 15% live in extreme poverty. It's all, it's, um, it can be due to the lack of infrastructure there, the corruption in authority, and uh, we could just say mishandling of the resources that they have because although there are great natural resources, they're not always used to the best of the countries, you know, to benefit the country and the people. And the social needs are, are things like the corruption, the patriarchal society. There's a strong machismo there in Latino cultures. And we see this in the lives of women and girls, not always given the same opportunities as their male counterparts. Our ministry was founded when um, our founder saw the need for the young women in Honduras, that they weren't having the opportunities to study, to go to school. Some had to leave school after the sixth grade. And so we provide an alternative. At our Mission of Truth and Life Training Center, we provide discipleship training and vocational training that give these girls an opportunity, help, and hope for this life and the skills that they need to advance and, and the training they need for this life, but also for eternity. Evangelism is one of our main goals, and so our name is uh, Mission Verdad y Vida, the mission of truth and life. And so all our classes are founded on the Bible. The girls come to know the Lord, and they receive training in sewing and cooking, computers, English, and even um, business administration. They learn to... Uh, manage uh, a micro business, they learn financial management, leadership, teamwork, and all kinds of other skills that really set them up for, for good things in the future. Here they're, uh, they're in our newly renovated kitchen, it was a few years ago, 
and the girls have made their own hats and aprons in the sewing class. They learn um, things like nutrition and hygiene and new recipes, international recipes as well as typical ones. So that's, uh, that was our group this year. And uh, in the next, um, the next slide, this is, uh, they, they also made their uniform skirts. Our girls uh, receive intentional discipleship. So two years of intentional discipleship. They have Bible classes. This is a new curriculum that we had for Bible classes training. They have memory verse programs. Uh, they learn some theology. And they learn about water baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And, and they become empowered in their faith. So those who don't know the Lord or those who have already uh, met him become deepened and strengthened in their faith. The girls actually bus in from all over our department. That's kind of like our state. And uh, they bus from one to five hours and live in residence with us. So this is our, our training center where they live from Monday to Friday and then they go home on the weekends. So while they're with us, this is our, our main transport. Uh, the, the, we were just, uh, just coming back from an excursion there. We went to some local hot springs not too long ago, and, and this is a pretty new truck that was donated to our ministry. So we can transport the girls. We also haul all our firewood and supplies, and it's, I call him my caballo blanco, my white steed. The two girls in front are actually leaders uh, in the ministry, and those two girls have come to know the Lord they, in, in deeper ways. They both came from Christian homes, but they both had raging battles, and it was just in the last few weeks near the end of our school year, which is, runs from February to November, uh, beginning in November. They just left before I came here, and... Lixie, the one on the left, oh, that's this treadle sewing machine that the girls learn on. We don't always have electricity, so they learn to show, uh, to pedal and sew. And at the end of the two-year program, the girls actually receive that sewing machine to take home and have a home-based business. That's right. Uh, when Pastor Glenn was at the graduation, and we were we were gifting the girls the sewing machines, and they were wearing their long grad dresses that they had made, and and the parents would come and pick them up, and some of them would put those in, in a truck, but others would take them on the bus home to their village. So uh, those girls are are good seamstresses, and they're good leaders. Jenny, uh, who's on the, on the right, tells of when she was just going into grade seven. Her father had heard some rumors, or I'm not really sure what happened, but he pulled her out of school. So she had just grade six, and she's a star student, uh, well-behaved, obedient, um, academically inclined, very careful, and she wasn't allowed to keep studying and this burdened her heart so much. She was a believer, and she prayed to the Lord. She says she fasted. She begged her father. She begged the Lord. And for two years, she wasn't allowed to study. She kept her faith, but she kept crying out to God and saying, what, what is it? What can I do? I want to study. 
And there came time when her family was going to move. They were going to remove her from the youth group she was already involved in and move to another church or another community. And she didn't want to go. She felt, she felt rebellious. She felt resistant to God that he hadn't answered her. But she went along obedient to her, her family. And when she got to the new church, that's when she heard about the mission of truth and life. The Lord opened up the door for her and answered her prayer, and she testifies that this was by the grace of God that she's here. Those girls are leaders among us. They both sing. Lixie plays the um, turtle shell. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but with a drumstick beating on the empty turtle shell. She's got great rhythm, and, and they can both uh, lead worship. They can exhort and pray and be excellent role models among their peers. So we're, we're blessed to have them with us. And all of our other girls have been impacted for the Lord as well. Oh, I don't know. If, can we read that? That's kind, of, that's kind of pale, isn't it? How This is from Mayelka. And she says uh, how her life was changed. She said, I used to think God wasn't important, and now I have faith. I found the embrace I was looking for. Another girl says, I'm so much more confident now. This girl was terrified to speak in front of people. She lived up in a little mountain village. She, she, she was um, smart and capable, but so very shy. And she testified in front of all her peers and saying that, that she loved everyone so much and she feels so much uh, more confident that she can stand in front of people. She directed one of our youth group um, church services. I said, would you like to? And she said, no. And, and I said, well, this is your opportunity. We're among family because we all live together there. And, and she did. And she grew and, and blossomed. And we saw a change in her after that. Genesis. Genesis says, I want to be baptized and continue to serve the Lord. This girl uh, had lost her mother. Her mom had died, uh, father had abandoned the family, and her mom had died a, a year before she came to us. She's about uh, 15, and she's living with her sister and brother-in-law, who's a pastor. She was always helping, helping with the younger kids, helping in the church, and then they realized she hadn't been baptized yet, so they removed all of her privileges. It's... Um, it's a step that one needs to take to have the privilege to stand on the platform. Otherwise, she, she, can, uh, she can't be so involved in the ministry. And she is committed to the Lord. She's a gifted young woman. But suffering that loss, she, she has called me her second mother. And it's, it's really, um, we never know the, the paths, the burdens that some of these young people carry. But the Lord has ministered to her deeply, and uh, she wants to go on serving the Lord. Erica struggled with depression, and she testifies that I feel so happy. And our Lixie says, my cup is full. 
We praise the Lord for all the goodness, and there's many more. Every single one of them can testify of their lives changed by the power of God, by the mission of truth and life. And this is something that you all make possible. These girls wouldn't have these opportunities to minister and to learn in this way. The, the burdens and responsibilities are heavy for teenage girls in their homes. They often do the cooking and take care of younger children. They might be splitting wood, making mud stoves. Um, some of the homes don't have running water or indoor plumbing. And a lot of times we don't even have electricity or water. It comes in, it comes in spurts. But uh, we're grateful that we're able to minister, and that's on behalf of people like you who give and, and pray and support this work. Some of our girls have even been delivered from the dark arts. And uh, I won't use their real names. Uh, one girl I'll call Wendy, I noticed had really nice clothes. You know, she didn't seem as as poor as others. She had some of the latest fashions. And I asked her, you know, what, what does your father do? When the, we have an interview, an intake program, and people always express their, their financial needs, but sometimes their needs are more spiritual. And she explained that her father was a farmer, and I asked about the clothes again, and she says, well, it's my grandfather. Oh, what does your grandfather do? Oh, he's a curadero, a medicine man. And so he has a lot of wealth, but this is a man who's involved in astral projection, who is using dark arts to heal and cure. And he was doing much worse things with our girl, Wendy. And with some prayer and counseling and deliverance, she was able to break free from the control of her grandfather in her life. She was able to say no to him in certain areas. And she has a freedom now that she would have never known. She is so grateful, and she just radiates the glory of God. But we think that maybe some of the Spanish... Some of the Spanish uh, Latino countries already have a lot of churches, and it's true. The Catholic influence is strong, and there <clears throat> excuse me, there are a lot of evangelical churches there, but there's also a lot of tribal beliefs and ceremonies and rituals. and and one of them is um, the the Garifuna people. In the next slide, it shows, um, this kind of character that comes out in special occasions in our town. There'd be people dressed up like this, uh, parading in the streets, and they're all covered in oil and grease, and they want to hug you. You know, you pay them money to, to not hug you, but they don't come near me. I must have some kind of a, a presence that don't even try it. And the next slide shows um, just a, a, an advertisement that came up on my phone when I was scrolling. And I don't know if you can see up in the, in the corner, it's a voodoo doll. And this is an advertisement for the best witches in Honduras. The, uh, the famous witches are online. And you can contact them for, you know, kind of like tarot card reading or to get your spells or... or needs done. And this is the type of homes. We had some of our girls come and they were practicing in our center certain games, you know, like 
seance type games or where you're calling up spirits. Not, and so we have to continually intervene and with the, be teaching these teenage girls. They're not just all from Christian homes. They come from a variety and they might be teaching other people different ways. And so we have to cleanse the house and cleanse the students and teach them. And some of the, one of the girls in particular who was um, leading in things like that, she was having some conflict among her um, roommates. And she said, I was going to turn to this. I was going to turn to our ways of, of taking care of them. But I realized that God doesn't want me to do that anymore. And she left behind this kind of beliefs in her family. And so we, her name is Alice, and we glorify God for that. Breaking free. He breaks the chains. He liberates. And, and he conforms us more and more to his likeness. This is in the next slide is one of our uh, past students. They sometimes drop by, and we see how long-lasting the changes can be. We've seen families changed by the power of God. We've seen uh, people leave their sin behind. This is one of our students, Ansi, and she received a sewing machine a couple of years ago. She is sewing. These are both uh, outfits that she's made for herself. Well, all three, all three, and... Uh, I, d I got the middle one off of Facebook. She designs and sews in her community to help support herself to keep studying. So she's in, in grade nine, just finished grade nine now. We'll be going into grade 10 next year. And uh, she supports herself through sewing and helps, helps the family pay for her, her school supplies and her transportation. Uh, there she is with the sewing machine. There, in her grandmother's village, there were some senior ladies who were also seamstresses, but their machines weren't working. Well, Ansi, with what she had learned with us, went and repaired those ladies' machines, and and so the whole community uh, now has several seamstresses. Two, she worked in two different communities: her parents and her grandparents. I'm hoping that she will come to work with us as an intern next year. She'll be a supervisor in training. And even at grade 10, she's very mature. But we will have her work alongside some of our other staff members. And she has come to the center, exhorted the students, uh, blessed them in their, in their ministry, and inspired them to carry on. The next slide shows our first-year students who will be returning. Uh, those are blouses and pants that they made themselves this year. I think they look like flowers in the garden. So that's with one, one year of classes. They, they make their own patterns. They take the measurements, make patterns. And next year, they'll be learning to sew for others. We'll have entrepreneurship projects where they learn some business skills uh, even marketing, customer service, pricing, all that kinds of thing. So these girls are standing in front of our ministry training center building. It's, um, it's a lovely building. It's about, we started in 2002, so it's about 20 years old, a little less, because we started in another house. But the neighborhood has changed all around us. Uh, the property right next door to us has just been bought by, by a 
by, 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 <laughs> by a hotelier. And he's planning to put in a, a bar and a hotel there. So that's going to change the ambiance right, right across the fence from our center. We have invaders, squatters who have come right behind us and built some lean-tos. And we have a lot of uh, business encroaching on, on the front of us with blaring music and all that. And so some people have, um, some of our board members based in Canada and other friends of the ministry have taken the decision to build another center. So we actually have a piece of property that Pastor Glenn and Frank and Norma visited when we were there in 2017. We have a piece of property that we went and we drove stakes in every corner of of this property with the vision and the goal that one day we would have another center there. We didn't know if it would be a boys' center or if it would be a Bible training center, but they always had a vision to build there and to have our training center there. So this is, um, I don't know if you can see the red outline. It's this corner property. It goes to about here. And this is, this is a working drawing of, of the outline we have. It's a U-shaped building. So we've got the dorms on one side and classrooms on another. And then our kitchen living room, which uh, doubles as a classroom as well, on the third side. So it's U-shaped. And this is what we're looking at building just in the initial stages of, of the drawings and counting the cost for the supplies, materials. But Lord willing, we look to be moving ahead with this and increasing our capacity to reach more girls and in a, in a safer, um, wholesome environment. I really want to thank all of you for being a part of the ministry all of these years. And I know it's because of your prayers, your faithfulness to us, that the, the, these students have been impacted. And I know for the next generations that they will continue to train their children in, in matters of hygiene, in the things of the Lord, in, in having a vision for the future that is so much more than they would have known living in their, in their villages, perhaps quite isolated in the mountains. I'd like to encourage you, those who have been giving to the ministry, to continue to give through your church here, whether it's online or through the, the envelopes. We appreciate your support so much, and we give an account for every Lempira that we spend. That's about a nickel. We, we have accountants. We've been audited by the Canadian government. We've, uh, we've got all of our ducks in a row, and it's going to make a difference in this life and eternity. If you haven't given to this ministry and would like to consider that, perhaps you consider a one-time gift or a monthly gift, maybe in the range of $25 to $50 a month through the church, which would then be forwarded, forwarded to my support and to the, to the ministry expenses as a whole. If you're interested in, in a, a larger gift, if you could do $100 a month or even more or would like to consider giving towards the building, you can contact me about that or speak to the pastor. But if you can give um, financially is wonderful. And if you can pray, the battle is real, both here and there. And you know that raising 
a couple of teenagers is one thing, but raising 20 at a time, well, that's another story. So we appreciate all your support. I brought a few bags that, uh, that our girls have made. I wanted to show you examples of their sewing. This is, uh, this is a bag actually made from recycled pants. Wow. Donnie, do you want to come and model this bag? No. Okay. Recycled pants. So it's lined with, po it's lined with pockets. And um, we, we don't make these so much to sell, but more as thank yous for those who are already supporting the ministry, for donors that we've had over the years. This is another style. This is the beach bag style that's actually made from the pant legs of this other style. So nothing goes to waste. This too is lined with, with uh, zippered pockets there. And I have several more. I'll just say this as she's unfolding. That was amazing during graduation how much scripture they had memorized. How many would they, how much would they memorize? Like 30, 40? Yes, yes, one a week. And, and we practiced the previous ones every week. And so by the end of the year, yeah, that's, it's 36 verses or more. That's great. This is a little crossbody bag style. And we have uh, several colors in that. I just brought a few as, as gifts or in incentives, maybe, for, for donors. I also have a, a little bottle of vanilla from Honduras, if anyone would like that. And this is, um, this is a, a backpack style that the girls have made. And so they learn to make the pattern. And they cut all the pieces and sew. And this has been lined. And I'm wondering, Suzanne, you didn't get to come to Honduras. Would you like to have this taste of Honduras? Come on up. So I want to present this to, on, uh, on behalf of, for the two of you, but I think you might get Are there any snacks in there? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, it looks good. Looks good on you. Perfect. Wow. Let's put these out. Can we put, we'll put them out on a table. I think there's also the sign up for the thankful family. If anyone would like one, um, we're also going to give you an opportunity to give. If you want to even put a, write a check today, put Honduras in the little thing, you don't want memo line, put it in the, the box there. Um, if you want to take one just as a gift, uh, that would just be wonderful. So, and then, and then on the monthly or things like that, I think we, we can maybe set up a web on our website where people can donate a special line for Honduras. Um, but just let me know. We, we can set you up that way. To preach at all. I brought my Bible up. I wasn't planning to preach at all, and I won't start now. But I did want to just read this one verse uh, from 1 Corinthians 3.8. It says, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
so we can't all go, but we can all be a part of the mission that God has for the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of every nation. And I know that when you give to God, he's no man's debtor, that he will pour out of his spirit. He says, prove me now in this and see that I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. And that is what I pray for this church, that the blessings will be rich upon you and that they will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over for the same manner in which you give will be given unto you. And close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. I thank you for this faithful body, Lord, for everyone who is involved in River in the Hills, for these new leaders, uh, members who have been installed today, and for every member of the church who is using of their gifts and abilities to support your work, Lord. I pray for your blessings to be poured out, out upon them, for every person in their community, in their family, in their workplaces. Lord, I pray that you would use them, that your unction would be upon each one. And I pray that as a community, that river in the hills would flourish, Lord, that you would open the windows of heaven, that you would cause all of their gifts to flourish, that each one who ministers for your glory, Lord, would be equipped and built up and used in a powerful way. I pray for Kyle, who is ministering in other parts today. I pray for your blessing and anointing upon him and upon the hearers, that you would, uh, your word would go forth and accomplish what you have caused it, um, set it forth for. And Lord, I pray for Pastor Glenn and Suzanne and for all the leadership and congregation members here, that your will be done and accomplished through them, that you receive all the glory, all the honor, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.